All right, friends, we are going to get started here, so uh, please make your way back to your seats. And as you do, you'll notice that something is a little different than what you're used to seeing here. Normally, uh, to start off this time, we have everyone stand for a scripture reading, and we had planned, as is, has been our our study over the last months to continue in the book of Acts this morning, but we're not doing that today. For there's some things going on in our church family that we need to talk about and we need to hear from the Lord on. And so when I was getting ready uh, to go to bed last night, God made it pretty apparent that there was a different message he wanted me to bring this morning. And while that is completely nerve-wracking, when God changes the, the script on you last minute, I'm not anxious at all. Because when the Lord speaks, we all have something to hear. And so let me pray for us, and then we'll jump in. Jesus, we're here for a victory. Amen. It is already finished. It is already done. You are ours. We have that victory. Amen. And we want to see, Lord, lives and a world where that kingdom continues to come, where your will continues to be done where hearts and lives that are broken can be made whole again. And we just confess with one voice clearly this morning that, Lord, apart from you, we are undone and have no hope. But with you, Jesus, we have shalom, shalom, perfect Peace. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And so we lift up the, the eyes of our hearts, Lord God, to the heavens. Where does our help come from? It comes from you, the maker of heaven and earth, the king of glory. You're ours because we're yours. And we declare that truth now and ask, Lord, that your light and life would break into this space, that you'd make our hearts and our bodies ready to receive nothing less than heaven on earth. And so here we are, Lord, broken, desperate, and yet full of hope. Come and show us how those things work together as they always have in Christ Jesus. For it is in that matchless name and no other that we pray this morning. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. amen. So uh, Palm Sunday, (laughs) Palm Sunday, a day of celebrating, a day when God's people cried out from the bottom of their hearts, what we need is the son of David, Hosanna, which means, oh, save. Save us, God. Save us from what? Save us from invaders like Rome. Save us from rulers who who lord it over us. 
Save us from broken bodies, broken hearts, broken souls. Can anyone here relate to any of the things I just said? I sure can. And if you come here feeling that ache, like Jenny prayed, and Jenny, can I just say thank you? Where's Jenny? Where are you? Thank you for listening this morning, because every word that came out of your mouth is what I prayed last night. Praise God for that confirmation. I just want to encourage you, friends, if you've come here this morning with a long-held prayer, a long-prayed prayer, an ache of the soul, you found yourself in a good place because our God is the one who answers the aches of our souls and who meets us right there and who literally brings heaven to earth. You see, as Tommy spoke, thank you, Tommy, this morning, as Tommy spoke and gave a little bit of a a prayer uh, introduction to our team that meets at 9.30 every Sunday morning, the the team that's going to serve, shameless plug, if you want to serve, jump in. We'd have you. We love you. We'd love to have you serve. But Tommy talked about this this idea that the people who are expecting Jesus to come, they wanted an earthly ruler. They wanted someone who's going to make their lives more comfortable. They wanted someone who's going to answer the only prayers that they knew how to pray at that time. And Jesus gave them better than what they asked for. I don't know about you, but I want better than what I know how to pray. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop praying. It just means I'm not going to stop asking for the ache of my soul. This has been a crazy week, friends. Last Sunday, we we talked about Acts chapter 12 and how Peter was put in prison after James was murdered by Herod. And it said that that the the church gathered together and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed in what's called a watch night. They stayed up all night praying. And the one thing they weren't expecting was an answer to their prayer. So much so that when Peter was saved by an angel, he was locked in prison and he was set free. When he was knocking on the door, everyone who was praying was interrupted by this little girl. Remember what we said, kids. Who does God love love to speak through? Our kids, no matter how little or big. He loves to speak through our kids. Even when little Rhoda came and said, Peter's at the front door. Remember what they said? Oh, he must have died. God must have given us the exact opposite of the very thing we were praying for. We talked about how Real prayer, intercessory prayer about sitting and seeking the Lord together is about crying out from the depths of our souls, but to to believe and trust that God is good, that God can do the impossible, that when 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 it breaks that boundary that we think it can't break, when it does more than what we can do on our own, that, friends, is God. That's who he is. There's no one like him. No one else can do what he does. So when we ask for the impossible, God's the one who says... What is impossible for man is not for God. All things are possible for our God. And so we prayed this prayer. We studied this passage where they were praying this prayer, I should say. And then we went into our week. And I I started my week like any normal crazy week, very busy. I knew I was going to have a short week because we were going to take this whirlwind trip down to Virginia to visit Liberty University with my son Liam so he can have his very first college visit. So we left on Thursday, planning on coming back on Saturday. And can I tell you, it was a wonderful trip, and it was a horrible trip all at the same time. It was wonderful because I got to spend time with my son and my bride. We got to see a very nice campus, lots of positive things going on. The Holy Spirit is alive at Liberty University. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
And yet that, that trip was interrupted. If you see, Wednesday night before we left, we went to Dr. George Cox's house, who's one of our elders. He's 87 years old. He's about to turn 88. George, if you're watching right now, if they've got that iPad next to your face because he's, he's in the hospital, in the ICU, he's intubated, sedated. We went to his house Wednesday night because he was going in for a procedure on Thursday, a biopsy of his lung because they can't figure out what's going on with him. They knew, they thought he had pneumonia, then they, they thought he had a special kind of pneumonia, and they couldn't figure it out. So we went over, we prayed over him, and we prayed that prayer, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. And then we coupled it together with Philippians chapter 4, which says, be anxious for nothing. Why? Because the Lord is near. In fact, even before it says the Lord is near, do you remember what it says in Philippians 4? Rejoice, always. And again I say, rejoice. The Lord is near. Therefore, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests, no matter how big they are, to God. And the peace that transcends our understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We prayed that over George that night, but we read these words. Listen to them freshly. They're not going to be on the screen. From Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the earth and of the earth, I call to you. From the end of the earth, rather, I call to you. When my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. Or in this case, the doctor. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So I will ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. We cried out as we anointed George with oil and prayed for his healing and asked God boldly that not, he, not just that he would heal George's sickness in his lungs, but that he would prolong his life. Hold on to that because it's going to come up again. The next day, we drive to Liberty. It seems like a normal day. Everything seems to be okay. But George, we get a call from Joan saying George was just taken into the hospital and admitted because he had so much trouble breathing the next morning. They think maybe the, the biopsy caused more inflammation. So he was really struggling breathing. So they got him into the hospital. We thought, everything's fine. It's going to be no problem. And so we, we talked to George on the phone, talked to Joan on the phone, and then do our stuff with Liam. And then that night, Kristen and I are in the car getting ready to go to uh, dinner, and we get a call from George. But George thinks he's calling someone else, his son-in-law, whose name happens to be Bill. So he ans- I-, I-, I answer the phone and say, hey, brother. He goes, wait, who's this? So this is Will. Who are you calling? Oh, I'm try- I, th- I thought I was calling Bill my son-in-law. I said, well, then why does God want us to talk? And he gave me the update about how he's doing. And we got to laugh and pray together and reiterate this promise. 
you keep him in shalom, shalom, perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. Then George, we hung up the phone, went to a concert that night. Listen, at Liberty, they do concerts at 10 o'clock at night. I'm an old man. I'm so tired by the time it's 10 o'clock at night. I was like, what on earth are they thinking about? And then I forgot all the parties when I was in college started at 10, right? So I guess this is how they party. And man, it was awesome. That praise and worship was awesome. And I recorded some of it <clears throat> illegally. Um, and, uh, and I sent it to George because I knew he would feed his soul. And I looked at my phone when I was about to send it to him and I had a text from him. And the text said this. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed on you. To hear how God kept speaking that over George again and again and again. So we go to sleep in the next morning. So now we're at, it's Saturday morning. We know we're coming home. We get a phone call from Joan. And it's not good. George woke up at 3.30 in the morning couldn't breathe, spitting up blood. They had to intubate him. His oxygen level, which is supposed to be close to 100, was at 50. He was this close, friends. So we start praying, have mercy, Lord. We get out the word to everyone. Can I say to you, I am so proud of our board, our elders, our staff, and every one of you who carried that banner, who came up underneath that burden, who's been praying and praying and praying for George, because together we can walk this path. Alone, none of us can. And I'm so grateful that while I'm in the car driving home from Virginia, possibly speeding on the way home and trying to get here as quickly as I can. Here's what I keep getting. All these text messages and phone calls from people that are saying, we're praying, we're spreading the word. We're praying, we're spreading the word. We're praying, we're spreading the word. And then I get another phone call from Matt Moise. Raise your hand if you know Matt Moise. Matt Moise is one of our college students. If you have not met him, you need to meet him this summer. Matt is the man, and he's like a son to me. He calls me and says, Will, I need to talk to you right now. I said, what's going on, Matt? He said, last night, I couldn't sleep. I was up all night praying because I was reading through the book of Isaiah. And I got to Isaiah 38, which is this passage that's all about King Hezekiah, where God says to King Hezekiah, you're not going to get better. You're sick and you're going to die. And I'm like, Matt, this is not going so well, buddy. I don't want to hear any more of this, right? He says, but I kept reading. And it said, Hezekiah cried out to the Lord. Have mercy on me, Lord. Have mercy on me. And it said that the Lord heard his prayers and saw his crying out and answered him with this. The Lord will extend your days for 15 years. Did anyone make the connection back to Psalm 61? We were praying for days that God would extend George's life. 
And the very night that George was this close to death, he has a college student who has no idea what's going on in George's life, up all night praying for George, the words of Isaiah. Do you hear the way the Lord is speaking to us, friends? Do you hear the hope that we must and we can and we must hold on to when it comes to our George? Listen, God can do anything he wants. We're never going to hear perfectly. But if we don't take the risk to step out and to walk with hope and by faith, we'll never see miracles happen. We won't see mountains moved. It takes the faith of a mustard seed. Who is ready to have a mustard seed here this morning, friends? Who is ready? Because I am. Please hear the ache of the heart of all those who lived when Jesus walked on the earth. They were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means, oh, save us, son of David. They were looking for God to do what only God can do, and God did better than that for them. Better than that. In Luke's account of that passage, of the triumphal entry, do you know how it ends? The triumphal entry section? It says that the Pharisees turned to Jesus and said, Tell your disciples to be quiet. Because the Pharisees, they knew what they were declaring about Jesus. He's the Mashiach, the anointed one, the coming king who's going to set them free in ways they couldn't even imagine. Tell them to be quiet. And do you remember what Jesus says? If they don't speak, the rocks will cry out. He's unpacking for us, friends. The depth of our souls, what's written in the fabric of our beings, that all of us ache for a world, including the world itself, a world that isn't broken, where death does not happen, where sickness isn't even a possibility. Why do we ache for that? Because we were made for it. And Jesus is the one who has promised to remake this world that way. So when he comes... He's not going to live down to our expectations to just do what we ask him to do. He's going to stretch our faith to start asking for things that are about what he's doing, the kingdom coming, his will being done, lives being changed, hearts being transformed. If he answered the prayers that we prayed all the time in the way that we prayed them, we would not have heaven on earth, friends. All we would have is earth on earth. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of earth on earth. I'm tired of going to bedsides of those that I love and having to speak words of a hope in life for a world that is coming but is not fully here yet. I'm mad when I see my brother lying in a bed, unable to breathe for himself. I'm mad that sickness and disease have a place in our world. And I know that I can express that because that heart is his heart, friends. If you want to know what God thinks about our broken world, about the sin that has broken it, about the infection and the death and everything else that we together hate, look at the cross of Jesus Christ. 
That is what God was willing to endure. Hell on earth so that hell would no longer be a part of earth. Heaven and earth, the only reality. Our hearts ache for it because we were made for it. Question. Where have you numbed yourself or turned off your heart or given in to the anger? Where have you looked at the thing in your life that you've been asking for, that long prayed prayer, do you remember? That you've stopped actually asking God for or even hoping that he's going to answer. Where is that in your life? Who is that? Whose face do you see? What issue is in front of you? We've talked about one here today, our beloved George. Please don't stop asking. The Lord is speaking, and we are going to continue to live into that and hope into that. But George is not the only one. His life is an example, a window through which we can see our own. I know there are some of us here who are dealing with sickness that's getting worse and not better. And our hearts ache for a cure. I know there are some of you sitting here today that are hungry for a relationship, someone who can be your other person, your person. And you've prayed and asked for that for a long time and it doesn't seem like anything's moving. I know there are some of you here who are struggling with addiction. Various forms thereof, you feel stuck and you don't know how to get out of the pit. What's your story, friends? Where's your ache? Where do you feel unseen by God, unheard by God, and in a place that's impossible for you to get yourself out of? We're going to try something here this morning. Because you see, you're not an audience, you're a church. And the church does the work of the kingdom. Meaning together, we lean in and grow. So here's what we're going to do. And I know this might scare some of you, especially if you're new. So can I just say this to you? If you're brand new and you're like, I don't want to have anything to do with that, can I encourage you, please, to just participate? Just listen. You don't have to say anything. Just listen. Because what we're about to do is simply turn towards the people that you're sitting with in groups of four or five, and here's what I want you to ask, to pray for one another, that God would hear the ache of your soul. If it's something that you're like, I don't want to share that, then don't share it. Just say, please pray for the ache of my soul and let the Lord be the one who leads. But let's do that work together, friends. Let's lean in together. And can I give you one, one more encouragement, please? Can you pray for my brother, George? Fifteen years. I'm asking for 20. Because my God can do anything. I'm asking for 20. If you have little faith, ask for 15. If you have a lot of faith, ask for 20. But please, don't hesitate to ask. So I'm going to invite Rana to come on up. 
and give us a little bit of music in the background. Sometimes it's a little easier for us to pray when it's not quiet, right? And we do this music, why? Because we enter into his courts with praise, with thanksgiving. So let that warm your heart. We're just gonna take the next five minutes. And if you're online, friends, can I encourage you to just, you can even list in the, the chat something you'd like prayer for and then pray for one another there. Don't miss out on this opportunity to actually pray. So just turn in your seats right now to someone that's near you. You can do a group of three, four, five, and let's seek the Lord together. Abba, we praise you. We praise you, Father. You are the one who hears our prayers. You are the one who causes us to dream bigger dreams than, Lord, our fear wants us otherwise to think about. Jesus, you were the answer to our heart's cry, and you always have been. Hosanna in the highest. Save us, Lord Jesus, son of David, the promised one to sit on the throne forever and ever, to create a brand new world. You are the one. And so we praise your name, Jesus. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus, I thank you for this time, for us to lean in and to pray these prayers for and with one another. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for calling us to enter by faith into a brand new world where we believe in a God who can move mountains. We believe in a God who can raise the dead. We believe in a God who can say to sickness, be gone, and it leaves in Jesus' name. We believe in a God who can say to demon-possessed people, be free, and they are. We believe in a God who can say to those who have been forever estranged in relationships that have been broken for a long time, be healed, and they are. We believe in a God who tells us not to dream smaller but bigger. That we, Lord, would surrender our small prayers to you and willingly enter into a conversation where you teach us to pray better, bigger prayers. You are the God of all hope. You're the God of life. And we praise your holy name this day. Thank you, Jesus, for heeding the call, for willingly coming, and for giving us, Lord, a path forward. And I pray for everyone here right now, Lord, who's struggling to believe that, and especially for those, Lord, that have never believed that, who are, who are wrestling with whether or not this could possibly be true. Jesus, would you lean in right there? Would you lean in right there? Come, Holy Spirit, and change hearts. Open eyes and ears and feed us with your grace now, we pray. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen.